turn, if you would, to the book of Romans, chapter 8. Like I said, uh, we may be a while in the book of Romans. Uh, uh, we will be a while in the book of Romans, but I'm in, in the eighth chapter of Romans. My favorite chapter in, in, uh, in the entire book and probably in uh, the entire Bible. And so you'll have to forgive me if I spend some time here. But uh, Romans 8, 14 through uh, 17. Let's begin by just reading that together. For all who are being led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. For you have not received a spirit of slavery leading to fear again, but you have received a spirit of adoption as sons by which we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are the children of God, and if children, heirs also. Heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him, so that we may be also glorified with him. I'm not going to talk about being an heir or the suffering this morning because there's so much that we can see prior to that. On the board up here on the screen, uh, a parallel passage is found in Galatians 4. It says, but when the fullness of time came, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, so that we might redeem those who are under the law, that we might receive, again, the adoption as sons, because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Therefore, you are no longer a slave, but a son. If a son, then an heir through God. So Paul, again, through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, we looked at that in in Galatians, when we went through the book of Galatians, but uh, we didn't, uh, I didn't spend as much time just speaking on the topic of adoption and what that means at that time, and I want to do so this morning. And uh, You know, I am the natural son of Sid Phillips. He's right out there, and I'm very proud of that by the way, very proud that he is my father, earthly, physical father. And a lot of, a lot of sons cannot say that about their father. And uh, understanding of our heavenly father, much of the time, is reflected by our uh, uh, earthly father and how we were treated and so forth. But my father has been a wonderful father, a natural father, and so... Uh, uh, in that respect, I'm not adopted by him. I am his son uh, by birth, by uh, uh, the natural means. But better yet, okay, if it can be better, and it can, better yet, I am an adopted son of God the Father in heaven by faith in Christ by believing, by trusting, depending on whatever word you want to say. I am this morning, and you are too. If you have trusted Christ, if you're trusting Christ as your only Lord and Savior, you this morning are an adopted son or daughter of the Most High God. And that ought to just thrill us to death. Matter of fact, that's enough. We could just go home right now. Let's, no. Because it's, it's a wonderful thing to dwell on. 
and you can, just, you can just read right over this sometimes and say, okay, big deal. No, it is a big deal. It's a huge deal. And uh, we've already seen two reasons why we are secure in our salvation in chapter 8, why we can have assurance. We saw, first of all, we've been freed from the law, the condemnation of the law. That's in verse 2. Uh, there's now, he says in verse 1, no condemnation. Why? Because we've been freed from the law. Christ, remember, kept the law perfectly for us. He fulfilled its demands. He was punished on our account. And uh, that's good news. And we now have by faith His perfect record. We have by faith His perfect righteousness. He kept the law perfectly for us. And by faith, by trusting Him, depending on Him, I receive that record that He established, that He accomplished for me. His righteousness. Not my righteousness, it's filthy rags, but His righteousness. Now that ought to thrill us too, you see. You can just stop on these things and just get carried away and, and run that, but uh, keep focused, Sid, keep focused. And uh, uh, by faith. His perfect record is mine. God is now well pleased with me because He is well pleased with Christ. Amen. You see? He's well pleased with me. What did God say at the baptism of Jesus? This is my beloved Son in whom I am what? Well pleased. Are you a son of God this morning? Yes. Or daughter? Yes. And so He's well pleased with you. Why? Because you're in Christ. See, you're in Christ by faith. And everything that's His is yours. And we're going to get that into the inheritance part of it. And boy, I want you to know, we are rich. Don't forget that. That's something I think Christians understand and do pretty well at. Uh, and, uh, but anyway, that's, uh, we're secure because of that. And then we're led by the Spirit, by the, the Holy Spirit in verse 14. We see in verse 4, we, we walk, Christians walk according to the Spirit. Not perfectly. We set our minds on the things of the Spirit. Not perfectly. But the Holy Spirit now dwells in us. And we are His. He empowers us. And we're, we're told in uh, giving you these different verses through the weeks. Ephesians 1.13 says, In Him. You also, after listening to the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, having also, what, believed it comes by faith, you were sealed in Him with the Holy Spirit of promise. Amen. We've been sealed. He's, he, you are His. You're sealed by the Holy Spirit. It's a done deal, is what he's saying. It's, that's not good English, probably. But, uh, but you are marked as belonging to Him. This is, this is the idea. We are marked by, by faith in Him. He leads us and teaches us all truth, the Scripture says. John 14, 20, 26. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I said to you. It's, it's amazing. I can be preaching up here and have not planned to say something. The Holy Spirit will bring something to my mind and I'll speak it. And yeah, I didn't, it's not written down here. As a matter of fact, that's sometimes why I go through a fourth of my sermon and the time is gone. <laughs> and that's okay. It really is. It's okay. But, uh, but anyway, he's our teacher. 
And he works in us both to will and to do of his good pleasure. This is, this is good stuff. And uh, we can even, we even bear fruit, the Bible says, 15.8. My Father's glorified by this, that you bear much fruit. And so what? Prove to be my disciples. Doesn't save you. But on one thing, it, it will show whether you're genuine or not, what kind of fruit you produce. Do you have the fruit of the Holy Spirit of love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance? Are these in your life? This is what he's saying. It proves that you're one of mine because you've been transformed. The Spirit of God dwells in you. Don't do it perfectly, but is it there? Is that power there to live the Christian life? We need to ask ourselves this. Are we just going through the motions? Do we come to church just to come to church? And then we say, we're, it's secure. Why? I will ask the Father and He will give you another helper that He may be with you. How long? Forever. Pretty good, isn't it? Hallelujah. Don't have to worry. It's forever. It's forever and ever and ever. We've been sealed. We are His. He's done it. That is the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it does not see him or know him. But you know him because he abides with you and will be in you in great power. Of course, that came in, in uh, Pentecost. I will not leave you as orphans. See, that's what we're talking about. This morning, we're, we're talking about sons of God, daughters of the Most High God. We're no longer orphans. Stop acting like an orphan. This is what he's saying here. Paul is. Why do you act like an orphan? You're the son, daughter of the Most High God. Get excited about it because it really is true. You see, see? This, is, this, is, this is good stuff. And it, it's all received by faith. It's all received by faith. So today, that was the introduction. <laughs> So, today we will see our security is because we've been adopted. We're secure because we've been adopted. And, uh, wow. We've been adopted. It's no accident. It is no accident. Ephesians 1, 4 through 6. Just as he chose us in him. See, he chose us in him. I'm glad before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love he predestinated us, what? As sons through Jesus Christ to himself according to the good intention of his will to the praise and the glory of his grace which he freely bestowed on us in the beloved or in Christ. He's bestowed this upon us. This wonderful truth, this wonderful Doctrine of adoption. He's done it. It's no accident. You're not an orphan anymore. What love. What love he has bestowed upon us. What love, maybe. See how great a love, First uh, John 3, 1 and 2. See how great a love the Father has bestowed on us. That we would be called what? Children of God. Children of God. See, again we see this word bestowed that we, we read uh, just the verse prior to this. 
It's a great love of the what? The Father bestowed on us, called children of God. And such we are right now. Right now. Not when we get to heaven. Right now is what he's saying. For this reason, the world does not know us because it did not know him. Beloved, now we are children of God. See, you thought I was just making that up. And it has not appeared as yet what we will be. We know that when he appears, we will be like him because we will see him just as he is. What a wonderful news. Now, you say, now. So we see we're secure because he has chosen us. He's adopted us. He planned it. It's no accident. Also, we see in 1 John, in John 1, 12 and 13, but as many as received him, of course, that's by faith. That's the only way you can receive him, by faith. To them gave he the right or the power, the authority to become children of God, even to those who, again, believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but you were born again by the Holy Spirit of God. Didn't come from you, not the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but, it, but it's of God. In other words, he started it, he's going to finish it. You didn't start it. If you started this thing, then you're in charge. But see, the good news is, God's in charge. He has adopted you. We want to look, when he's adopted, what does that mean, he's adopted me? Well, that means I chose him. No, you don't do that in adoption. I'm sorry, you know. They don't come and, and the kids say, I want that one. I want those parents. Doesn't work that way. That's not adoption. We need to think through this and give praise and glory. We see re, uh, uh, regeneration gives us the divine nature of children. We see 2 Peter 1, 4, by these things he has granted he has granted to us his precious and magnificent, the corruption that is in the world uh, by lust. That didn't finish. I don't think, no. That's a real long verse. I didn't, I'm glad, at least I'm thinking. <laughs> no, but we said by his divine nature in that verse. By his divine nature it says there. Uh, he's changed us internally. And so adoption gives us the rights of children to call God our Father. We see justification and adoption go together. Galatians 3.26, for, for you are all sons of God through faith in Christ. So here we see we're adopted through justification. Because of justification, because we've been justified, uh, we are adopted. They go together. You can't have one with eight. You can't be adopted and not justified. And you can't be justified and not be adopted. They go both hand in hand. And uh, Jesus made this very clear. He, uh, he said, you are your father, the devil. That is, if you reject me as your Lord and Savior, he says, there's only one father that everybody has who has rejected me, and that is the devil. And you do the desires of your devil. Those that are in Adam, those who have not been born again, those who have not been transformed by his grace, they do the desires of their father, the devil. 
And that's really the part of that. And then for, Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No man comes to thee through me. There's only one way toward the Heavenly Father, and that is through Jesus Christ. Why? Because he was the perfect sacrifice. He died on the cross for our sins. And by trusting him in Jesus alone, we can have salvation through him. We can go to be with the Father because Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And it's the only way to get to the Father. It's through Christ and what he has done and what he did on the cross, dying for our sins. So we know that we have God as our Father, and only Christians have this. Uh, we, uh, we see uh, this sonship, this adoption, is the free gift of, the, uh, of grace. And it, it's an adoptive sonship. We know in the Roman law, uh, and when Paul was writing this to the Romans, uh, they had adoption. I, adoption was not in, uh, is not in the Old Testament, but as a word, uh, although we do find uh, Moses was adopted by, by uh, Pharaoh and so forth, but we find in the Roman, to the Romans, they had an adoption, but what they did, if they did not have an heir, somebody to in, inherit or carry on the estate, they would, they would go out and adopt, but they don't adopt like we do in this, in this country, in this time, where we usually get a real small baby. They went out and looked for the best. They looked for someone who was strong and virile, somebody who was very intelligent, somebody who would do a good job with, uh, with the estate and so forth, and who were very fit and could carry on. And uh, they would choose them based on their performance. Does that kind of bring up anything about us and God? Does He choose us based on our performance? No. We're going to see that in Romans 9. The twins having done nothing, good or bad. Jacob and Esau. He didn't choose them on the basis of their performance. He didn't choose us on the basis of our performance. As some man said, based on our smarts. He just didn't choose that way. What a beautiful, beautiful uh, truth we find in, in, uh, in God's word concerning uh, the greatness of this doctrine of adoption. See the next verse, I got sort of, yes. Adoption, a definition that I found that's real good, adoption is that act of God whereby I, who was by nature a child of wrath, even as others, am entirely of the pure grace of God translated out of the evil family of Satan and brought actually and virtually into the family of God so that I take his name, share the privileges of sons, and 
and in all and for all intents and purposes uh, are actually an offspring and child of God. Now this is uh, this is a wonderful wonderful truth from uh, uh, about adoption. In adoption, the child that you adopt gets what from you? Your name. In the book of Revelation 3.12 says, He overcomes, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God, speaking of, of us, and he will not go out from it anymore, and I will write on him the name of my God, and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which comes down out of heaven from my God and my new name. Wow, think of that. In adoption, we have his name. That's good news, isn't it? We have his name. But you know what? We find God did not adopt based on how good we are. He did not, for one thing, for one thing, God did not have to adopt. Why? He has a son. The son of God. You ever thought about that? He didn't have to adopt because he was lonely or because he was in need. He has a son, the, the, the Son of God, the Lord Jesus Christ, the second person of the Trinity. He already had a son of his own. But God adopted out of the greatness of his grace. God adopted out of the greatness of his grace. God adopts out of the free love for us, not because of our character and record, but he adopts us in spite of us. The Bible says, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. When we were wayward, when we sh were shaking our fist at him, when we were his enemies, we've already seen that in, as Paul has pointed out, when we were ugly, when we were vile, he adopted us. Does that sound like the Romans? Can you imagine being, you know, a wealthy Roman and you go out and pick, and pick some ugly, stupid, which you see, that's what God did. What love that he would choose me, a wretched sinner like me. And that's what Paul is saying, oh, wretched man that I am, you know. And, and Wesley said, how can it be? That God could love someone like me? Do you really let that sink in? I want you to really let that sink in. Because it will give you a love for Jesus that you've never had before. When you really understand if you've been adopted. Not because of anything in you. Not because he got a good catch. Years ago, there was a show called Candid Camera and Alan Funt. And I, I mean, it was hilarious. It was some of the things that's wondering. Maybe he was sued over some of the things. I don't know. But there was one. There was one I remember, and not very well, but enough to tell the story. Do they have reruns of those, by the way, anymore? I don't know if they do. Do, do they? Probably. Probably so. But anyway, there was one where Alan Funt comes into this little diner, and he's all excited. He's just jumping up and down and he's passing out cigars and he's showing the people in the diner his new child that's been born. 
and he shows this picture of his child and his people. And here is this deformed, ugly, the ugliest baby that you could ever imagine on this picture. And he's just bragging about this wonderful child that he has. And, every, and he, he says, well, just a minute, I've got to go to the restroom. I'll be back out here and chat some more. And so he takes a, and it, and it shows you how these people respond to the way he's acting. And then his last one lady goes, how could anybody love such an ugly creature as that? That's me. Do you understand? That was me. I was like that when God loved me. When he went to the cross for me. See, if that doesn't excite your heart, if, if you can just go, well, that's, you know, okay, fine. If that's the way, you need to get saved. You need to be born again. If that does not pierce your heart, if that does not excite you and thrill you, that God would love somebody like me. But that's what he did. That's who he came for. The greatness of the grace of God in saving us. We who deserve to be punished for our sins. We deserve his wrath. But he chose to love us. He chose to redeem us. He chose to forgive us. Make us his son. And he gave himself to us as our father. Wow. What a God. What a God. Our adoption was purchased at the price of what? What price did God pay to adopt you? What did it cost him? Knowing that you were not redeemed with perishable things like silver or gold from your futile way of life, inherited from your forefathers, but with what? The precious blood as a lamb with unblemished and spotless, the blood of Christ. The blood of Christ. Can you love an adopted child? You know you can. You really can. You can love an adopted child. I have a pastor friend whose sister adopted uh, uh, a child. Uh, her desire was to have a fourth child, and they tried and tried, couldn't have a fourth child. And they said, well, we'll adopt. And uh, she had her three children out on the playground, and let's call her Anne. And Anne was uh, playing with the kids, and this woman over there was watching the kids play. She comes up to Anne and says, you know, I'm expecting, but I'm not married, and I said, I, I don't want to abort the child, but I've seen your children, they're so lovely, and they're well-behaved, and I would love for you to be the mother of this child that I'm going to have. I mean, that was a God thing. It, I mean, the story is, I can go on probably for a half hour just talking about that. And she says, well, I'll pray about it with my husband, and, and they did, and they came to the woman and, and they adopted this child. And uh, several months later, they were in the, the family, uh, she and the, and the three children in Walmart, and they had the baby down in the basket, and they were going through, and they got busy doing something. They looked up, and, and the cart was gone. Somebody had taken the cart, had taken the child, and she immediately ran over 
to one of the clerks and told her what happened. And over the loudspeaker immediately went, close all the exits to the doors. Don't let any child out of Walmart. And uh, so they all darted to the exits. And there, still in the cart, right by the exit, was this child still in the, in the cart. And she, she says, I reached down and, and I started weeping and, and thanking God for this child. Even though she said it was not physically my child. And all the children there were, were just hugging and kissing on this wonderful child. Now I know all adopted children are not thought about that way. But when God says he has adopted us and he loves us and he cares about us, he really does. Amen. He really does. And yet sometimes it's very hard to understand why is this happening to me and why is that happening to me if God really loved me. But we're going to find out. Paul's going to talk about that later on. Matter of fact, I was supposed to get to it today and hadn't even gotten there. But that's okay. Because we need to understand this, this, this term adoption and what it means. But we need to see that that's just the beginning. This adoption. Because God receives us as sons and loves us with the same affection which He eternally loves the, uh, the Son. Do you realize that? Since you're an adopted child of God, that God the Father eternally loves you the way He loves His only Son. If you're in Christ, if you're trusted. He loves you that much. Just as much as He does his only begotten son. Now, I don't understand that. I have, you know, cannot comprehend it. But this is why, as his children, we can come boldly before the throne of grace and, and pray to him and thank him. Wow. And I haven't even gotten to Abba Father. <laughs> no we truly love him because he first loved us he adopted us before the foundation of the world see that you see that do you really let that grab don't be afraid of that just embrace it just say thank you God and then you can say well why me I can't understand that why me but I can sure accept it and I do, and I love it, and I'm thankful for it, but it's because he first loved you. He adopted you before the foundation. You're no accident. Wow, this is, this is, like I said, this is great. We've been adopted into his family. We're his son. We're his daughter. His spirit now dwells in us. And that's why Paul says, you know, there's no fear now. Did you see that where he said that? There's no fear. There's no fear. Now, what, what does it mean then, as his children, when we begin to fret and worry, and we, and we say, why did this happen to me? Does God really love me? Uh, if God really loved me, he would never have let this happen to me. 
What is that a denial of? That is a denial of being adopted. That is acting like an orphan. You're still acting like an orphan when we deny what he has said about us and concerning us. When he says, nothing shall separate, we need to believe. You see, the problem is what? Believing. The problem is, it's always been about believing and having faith and confidence in what he has said. It's his word. His word is true. So when the car breaks down, uh, when lightning strikes your house and you lose a whole bunch of stuff, and you start to worry and fret, the problem is belief. But what does the Bible tell us? For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but who was, who was one who has been tempted in all things as we are yet without sin. Therefore, let us draw near with what? Why? Because we're his child. And we can receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. We're his child. That's why we can do that. And the Holy Spirit works in us powerfully, enables us to cry out to God and say, Abba, Father, Daddy, Father. He is our Daddy. This is the cry. You know, it's really interesting, and I'll be through here in a minute, but in Mark 14, 32 through 36, what is really neat, you know, I'd never had known this or seen this or until it was pointed out to me, they came to a place named Gethsemane, and he said to his disciples, sit here until I have prayed. And he took with him Peter and James and John, began to be very distressed and troubled. And he said to them, my soul is deeply grieved to the point of death. Remain here and keep watch. And he went a little beyond them and fell to the ground and began to pray that if it were possible, the hour might pass him by. And he was saying, you ever seen that before? He was praying, Daddy, Father, Jesus. Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Is that true in us? Yes. Remove this cup from me, yet not I, my will, but your will be done. Do you realize we're the sons of the Most High and daughters of the Most High God? Jesus prayed, Abba, Father, we have that same privilege. Think of that. The very Son of God, we can pray to the same Father, Abba, Father, Daddy, Father. Why? Because He loves me just like he loves his own son. He's well pleased with me because of Jesus. See, this is, this is a, a wonderful truth from God's word. And though the Spirit, the Spirit helps us, works in us, enables us to cry, Daddy, Father. You know, a, a Jewish child, this, this is a word that was not uh, translated into Greek. It remained, Abba, Father. And they say a little, a little Jewish child, when he falls down and he skins his knee and he runs through the house, he goes, Abba, 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 Abba. Daddy, 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 Daddy. And you know what? We need, to, we need to realize that that's what we need to do. 
when we are in need, what do we need to do? Cry to our daddy father. Hey, you know, I, and I'm guilty of this. When I pray, Father, do I really remember that that's Abba Father, Daddy Father, and that he, that I have an intimate, like Jesus did, an intimate relationship with the creator of the universe? Does that really grab me? Do I, am I really gripped by the truth of that? That I am going into the very throne room and praying to Jesus and to the God the Father. Wow. 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 Let that grip you. Let that just, uh, when we pray. This is what we need to do. This is what we need to do as his children. We need to come to our daddy father as adopted children who, who are greatly loved. And it says, Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you at the proper time. What do we need to do? That's it. Do you cast all your cares on him? Do you cast all your cares on him? What is it showing when you are worried and you're fretting and you're going to, i got to work this out. i just got to work this. How am I going to do this? I, Lord, I, I just can't do this. It's just too much for me. I, what are you acting like? An orphan. You're acting like an orphan who does not have a daddy. Now, he's got to work it out. Why? He doesn't have a daddy. But we have a daddy. And we can cast all of our cares upon him. But you know what happens? We'll say, well, I cast all my cares on Jesus, and we still carry them. Remember that illustration I gave years ago where, where this man was hitchhiking on the highway, and this guy in a truck comes by, and he's got this big load of potatoes on his back. And the man says, would you like a lift? And he said, I sure would. And so he throws the sack of potatoes in the back of the truck, and he climbs in the back of the truck, and he goes down the highway, and the man driving the truck says, well, I'm glad I was able to help this man. And he looks into the rearview mirror, and then turns around, and there's the man standing up in the truck with a sack of potatoes on his shoulder. See, that's what we do. We cast all of our cares on Jesus. We say we do, but then we pick them up again. And we don't experience peace. We don't ex when we go through these hard things. We're still carrying it, but we say we have done it. You haven't done it. If you're not experiencing the fruit of the Holy Spirit of love and peace and joy and contentment, then it hasn't been done. I think that's what it's saying here. That's what Paul was saying. That's why Paul could go through all of these sufferings and say, whoa, this is good stuff. <laughs> well, maybe not exactly that way, but, uh, but that's the idea. You know, we can, we can go through things, and because of what Jesus has done in casting our cares upon him, understand that, that we're adopted children of God. Hallelujah. Let's, let's pray. I could go on for too long, but uh, what a wonderful truth this is. To be adopted by the Most High God. And you know what? It's a great, great adoption because how many did, did uh, how many do most people adopt? One child? Maybe two. How great is God's greatness in adoption? 
millions and billions of children. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father, we thank you this morning for your great grace in adoption that there are millions and billions of your children and that, Father, one day we will be with you in heaven and, uh, and rejoice together because we have trusted Christ, our Savior and our Lord, and it's all about him, Lord. Help us to cast our cares upon you. Give us grace to do that. In Jesus' name, amen.